like a fresh cup of day-old coffee. This is the Unnecessary Podcast. I'm your host, Clint. And I'm Corey. And we are back on regular episode schedule. Believe it or not, we're actually releasing on a Friday. (laughs) Is this supposed to be the Friday week, or is this supposed to be a Saturday week? You know... Because we did Wednesday last week, I kind of lost track. I thought today was fr- I thought it was gonna be a Friday thing, but well, no, let, I was, uh, let's I, post it today either way. Yeah, I'll say it was we'll a Friday thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and here I was about to say that we finally got our weeks back to normal, and you threw that wrench. <laughs> What's normal? Yeah, ish. <laughs> uh, so today we are actually going to try something new. Uh, normally we've been doing some reviews. We should kind of on Saturday. We should take time to kind of discuss random topics. Um, today though, we're going to actually switch it up a little bit. Kind of ask a open-ended question. You know, uh, waxing philosophical, if you will. And yeah. yeah, so you know, maybe maybe it'll be a new segment moving forward. You know, maybe be a one and done kind of thing. We'll see how it goes. I mean, kind of the idea of it is kind of ask a question, kind of discuss, see if we agree, disagree, um, you know, kind of give some thoughts, some examples, kind of conclude as well, give a nice little conclusion. Uh, basically, the more entertaining version of your essay that you would write at school. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? <laughs> uh, uh, so, of course, I'm about to say this will be more on the. I wouldn't serious. say it's on the yeah, on the serious <laughs> side, but not really serious, but you know, a little more. I guess you say a little more toned down, a little more thoughts going into this, so it's a little more contemplative. Um. But for our first topic of the waxing philosophical segment, I'm sure we'll change that as well. <laughs> um, question is, is creativity dead? Of course, you can always provide those answers and your thoughts as well in the comments in our unnecessary blog. Uh, we always kind of go back and upload the episode on that blog as well. So if you have any thoughts or any ideas, you can always leave a comment on there as well. We'll definitely take a read on that. Uh, but I'll start with you. Do you think creativity is dead? Me? Yeah. No, the other you. Oh, yeah. No, you were talking to no, the No, C.D. Anders. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, short answer, no. And then I guess we'll get into that in a bit. But what would you say? Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my bad. I did kind of leave that open for the audience. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I felt like I had to get it back on you last time, but... <laughs> um, I would say no as well. I don't think it's so much an issue with that creativity set. I think there's there's some other factors that are coming into play that are kind of giving the impression that creativity's dead and, you know, me talent isn't nobody's really talented anymore. It's more of a more superficial reasons for things to keep going. Um, I think we mentioned 
one way, I guess, is an execution issue, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it may be an execution issue of how to be with telling stories or making music or whatever it may be. But yeah, we'll get into it uh, for sure. Um, so I guess I'll start. I'll start with you. Where it has some examples or ideas that you have in mind that kind of give the idea that creativity is not necessarily dead. Well, like you said, it's kind of an execution deal uh, because as as a uh, society, I don't know. As as the human race, how about that? As the human race, we've basically been telling the same stories for millennia, basically. Um, you know, starting with the ancient epics and then moving on from there and getting up to the, uh, you know, the advent of the novel somewhere in the 1600s, 1700s, uh, depending if you... Depending if you think it's Robinson Crusoe or Don Quixote. Uh, And then, you know, going from there and uh, you got Walter Scott and he's making your historical fictions. And then from there you're moving on and getting into all sorts of other genres of storytelling. But along the way you also got your plays and your playwrights and that also goes all the way back to the uh ancient times moving forward and then you got your uh oh i don't know how you pronounce the guy's name but the guy that wrote faustus and it wasn't just him there were several others and then you got your shakespeare's and your marlowe's and going forward your arthur miller's and things like that and you'll find a common thread among a lot of these that they are telling the same stories in fact um you know just doing a little bit of research on shakespeare uh, you'll find that a lot of those stories are uh based on older ones uh romeo and juliet was based on a old italian was a poem or a play or something like that uh, a lot of the other ones were too. Uh, if you go back to the Greeks, uh, the Greeks and Romans, uh, they not so much interchanged. I forget. I think the Romans copied the Greeks because they came afterward and then they were kind of blowhards. Basically, they expanded everything and got really wordy uh, with their plays and um you know, moving forward from there, you got all sorts of examples with uh, playwrights in this contemporary time, going back to the 20th, 19th, 18th centuries. Uh, a lot of them are just changing around a lot of the same stories. So when you talk about execution there, the ones that stick out throughout history haven't necessarily told any new tales. They've told old tales in new ways. So when it comes to creativity, is it dead? No, I wouldn't say it's dead. I would just say that uh, the execution varies. 
And I'll, I'll throw this out here, too. This is our second recording of this today. Uh, we talked about execution. I think another E word that we could throw out there is exposure. And especially these days, um, how much exposure it's getting. So there's a lot of creativity in the world today. It's not getting a whole lot of exposure. And if you look in the past, a lot of these... Uh, novels and plays and films and TV shows. Not all of them were big hits when they first came out. They were uh, second tier. Uh, According to their contemporary critics, it's only after they've stood the test of time that people have started to see that there is merit to a lot of these stories. Um. And so, yeah, I think exposure and execution both play a big part in it. What we have today, it seems like uh, there's quite a bit of exposure on the exact same things over and over and over again. And I'm going to let you explain that here in a little bit, why you wanted to talk about this topic. Um, But just because there's a whole bunch of exposure on a lot of uninspired work doesn't mean that there's not real work out there. So that's kind of my my two cents for now, and I'm going to turn it over to you. That's very good. Yeah, I would say definitely more than two cents because we got our our, uh, money's worth on that. That was very good. Um, Yeah, I I picked this topic because I think it was our second episode. We were talking about music and we were kind of discussing, you know, is there a lack of talent, you know, or is it just a, some, or something else in play? Maybe it's just, just because there's a lot of songs. There's a lot of music that's starting to sound the same over and over. You know, I was going, going back to that, and I kind of thought about it over the few past few weeks, and I kind of thought, you know, maybe it's a good topic to kind of go over, not just for music, but, you know, maybe for other forms of media, you know, movies, TV shows, um, you know, books even. Maybe even just, you know, art itself. <clears throat> and, you know, I think that that was one way that I think that, or I guess one of the reasons that inspired me to kind of talk about this topic. And I, give, I guess one example I gave was, you know, this, I think one of the most original shows I can think of kind of going back a couple of years was Lost. You know, at that time, it was very original. There was a lot of mystery to it. Um Obviously, the ending of that show, there's people that say they loved it, some people that hate it. It was very polarizing at the end. So I think that polarization kind of has kind of lessened the impact, you could say, that Lost had on popular culture over the years. But if you notice, there's a lot of shows that are trying to copy that kind of style that, you know, it's kind of almost sci-fi, mystery, almost going to horror type of style. But also at the same time, there's a sense of adventure, the sense of other elements as well and kind of one of the big ones if i had to take it back actually been two shows that i know are almost blatant ripoffs just not just on um style but also in story the first one um nbc had a show called manifest you know there's these people that were on this plane they disappeared for a couple of years and they came back you know it's about trying about them trying to figure out how they disappeared or what happened and again, that's just kind of the same premise as Lost. You know, they were on a plane, 
the plane crashed, ended up on this mysterious island, and they had to learn how to survive. Um, and then they came back in the States for, I think, maybe one season, and they were back on the island. But, you know, there it was kind of like they took that and made a whole series. But it was almost the exact same premise. And there's this new show that's coming out called La Brea. Um, I don't know what it's completely about, but I know visually visually wise and you know style wise it looks a lot similar to lost you know again they're on a tropical looking island and again there's more sci-fi mystery to why they're alive because there's this big i guess i've seen the previews like this big sinkhole that covers most of the city and people are falling into the hole and you think they're going to die but they wind up waking up in this kind of prehistoric time um, world within a world almost. You know, there's dinosaurs, prehistoric animals, that kind of thing. And it it just kind of had that, that look like, okay, I've, I've seen this before. This is, this is looking like Lost. And even before those two shows, I think there was a show called um, Terra Nova or Terra Prime or something. It was, it was a very short-lived show back in the 2010 where, you know, again, they went to a mysterious island and there was dinosaurs. And, and even that was kind of taking off the loss because there was another mystery element that people had to figure out. So I think, I think people are, I think with modern media, I think there is this idea that people kind of watch these shows and they take certain aspects of the show and it's having another series out of that. I feel like in a way that kind of, lacks originality in a way because you're kind of just building off of something that you watch without giving any credit. Um, I think, again, this me more speaking toward, more towards the modern or even for a lot for you'll get really fancy postmodern world. Um, I think there's just a lot of filtering going on now. I think you, you mentioned before, you know, we're getting a lot more of the, maybe the less talented or maybe the less, well-made works and they're getting we're getting a lot of exposure of that and i think i think it's really key to the issue with postmodern i guess storytelling if you will is that we're getting more exposure of these stories because certain people are connected in certain ways to that person and they want to make sure their work's put out so they're going to be blasting social media saying hey watch this hey read this hey look at this it's not necessarily great Everybody's gonna be like, oh, this is so great because I'm connected to this person, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and there's great reviews, and, you know, there's great story, you know, there's these great posts about this person and this work, but then you watch it and you're kind of like, nah, it was all right. I mean, how many times have you watched the, you know, the best film of the year that was awarded by the Oscars? You watch it and you're like, this is stupid. This is boring. What, you know? You know, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, very rarely do you see a great picture, you know, win the Oscar Oscar nomination. You know, and that's because usually there's some type of connection. So I think, you know, in this, in the here and now, I think the issue that's coming up now is there's a lot of politics behind the scenes, a lot of bureaucracy going on. So now it's no longer just, here's the work, push it out and it gets filtered out to the audience. Now it's take the work, 
let's see, this is okay to meet this criteria, meet this criteria. Now it's going to make sure that this person actually likes it. They don't like it. They know somebody else that likes that work. Your work's going to get published. That other guy's work is going to get published because he's connected to the main guy who's going to filter out your story. Well, then that person doesn't like that guy. He doesn't like that guy. So <laughs> it becomes this tangled branch, if you will, of filtering. And, you know, I think Never we're just, doesn't... yeah, yeah, you can say that. Yeah. yeah. So I think you, you are seeing more of that. I think that's why you're seeing a lot more. Well, this sound, it looks the same. This looks the same. You know, and they is, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Plus, I think another issue is, you know, with, with the way our culture is right now, you know, there is a lot of play safe mentality. You know, I, I mean, ours meant to provoke, you know, it's supposed to provoke emotions, provoke ideas. But there's nothing, you know, especially in American media that provokes ideas or provokes emotion. You know, it's very safe. It's very filtered. It's very much, hey, click it on, watch it, you're done. You waste about an hour of your time, and that's all I needed. And I think that's a very unfortunate thing. That's not art. That's not, you know, that's not story. That's not creativity. So, you know, I think, like you said, there are creative artists out there. There's creative stories out there. It just may take a while to see it, or unfortunately, we may never see it you know, until I think this mentality of playing it safe kind of goes away. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have heard this whole. I don't know if there. I don't know if there's a name for it. Uh, so I'll call it pendulum theory, but I, I don't know if that's what it's actually called or not. But have you heard of? Like uh, society just kind of moves really far one direction, and then when they finally hit that extreme, the pendulum starts to swing the other way. Yeah, I have heard about that. Kind of like it's like far left thing goes all the way to the right slowly over time, and right, and not necessarily politically, but just like ext- Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it could even be politically. Yeah. Well, yeah, naturally it'd probably be politically too, but. Um, I, I don't know how much I agree with it or not, uh, but it is kind of a fascinating idea. And you said that, that we're kind of at a place safe area right now. And <laughs> here, here we are in the Halloween season and, um, I, I'll, I'll openly admit to you in the 90s, they made a movie adaptation of Casper the Friendly Ghost. And I, I I love that movie. It's great. But that's like the only Casper thing I like. Because that started as a cartoon back around the Hayes Code area. Or era. Um, and, you know, they were really starting to tone down the cartoons so back in the 20s 30s even 40s of uh, Fleischer Brothers even early Disney stuff with uh, I forget the guy's name I want to say well I don't forget his name I, I forget how to pronounce that I want to say Ub Ewerks I probably butchered that name but if you sound it out you can look him up he's the guy that did a lot of those animation shorts and then he did a bunch of his own as well uh, they, they were pushing the envelope. They were doing a whole bunch of fun stuff 
with this new medium. And then, yeah, the war happened and everybody was kind of in a vulnerable place. So, uh, you know, they started toning that down and cartoons like the 50s and 60s and stuff, it was really not that good. I, I mentioned the Fleischer brothers there, uh, those original black and white Popeyes, those were fantastic. You get to the 60s or whatever, or the 50s, and, or I guess it would have been the 60s, uh, just bland. They just kept recycling it over and over and over again. Uh, you know, olive oil, she gets kidnapped by Bluto, and Popeye has to say, okay, well, we've seen that already, which, I mean, I guess they're still fun enough, but it's not adding anything new. Casper, the friendly ghost, he was just absolutely obnoxious, just, there, there was nothing to it whatsoever, it was just a little ghost that smiled for five or six minutes, and okay, there's your cartoon, Ho, 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 there's lights going on the scene there. And then you get that 90s thing, and, you know, they said the 90s were kind of pushing the envelope with a lot of stuff. It was a change of culture, and I'm not going to be one of those people who say, oh, the 90s were peak civilization, because they certainly weren't. Uh, but if you consider that whole pendulum thing, uh, you know, maybe that was more on an extreme side people would probably even say that the 80s were the more extreme and the 90s was kind of going back the other direction um but they were starting to push things again and in the 90s you started having more uh you know interpretations like that when they were remaking a lot of these old shows from the 50s and 60s they were putting edgier spins on it uh Crap, I think they redid just about every cartoon and TV show from the 50s and 60s in the 1990s. Uh, so, yeah, that that pendulum, that playing it safe, it seems like that's kind of where we're at if this whole pendulum thing does exist. Um, and it, it, it can't last forever. It's going to get to the point where people say... This is enough. We are absolutely getting nothing out of this. We have to start pushing the envelope again. And like you said, it's not that people aren't pushing the envelope. It's the fact that the exposure is going to the ones who are playing it safe right now. So back to you. Yeah, yeah I definitely see that in... By the way, 80s, definitely peak civilization for sure. Definitely the 80s. <laughs> Even though I wasn't born in the 80s. But <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, you think about the, you know, you think about the 80s and 90s, you know, there was, there were two totally different spectrums, you know. 80s was definitely more on the glam side, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, pushing the envelope for the most part. Um Especially in the music, music-wise, you know, I think it's really hard to top '80s music. You know, it was just it was it's, it's hard to describe. I guess you could say, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, it, it was there was a lot of musicality in the '80s, and then the '90s had a lot of musicality as well. You know, there, it was just on a totally different spectrum. I mean, you think about it, there was glam rock in the 80s, and then you go to 90s, and that was grunge rock. 
you know, that was the big one, you know, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, all that good stuff. Um, but I think, you know, there was so much, I, I, I guess for, you know, lack of a better word, so much edge with the 80s and 90s. You get to the later part, of the, the mid to later part of 2000s, you start noticing a lot of things starting to shift more towards the middle, more safe, you know. I think one one notice I one thing I noticed was that a lot of my favorite bands in the early 2000s, which were you know by they were still kind of the byproducts of the 90s, you know Linkin Park and a lot of them when they got to the mid to late 2000s, they started kind of changing their sound a little bit, started being a little more straightforward rock. It was a little more the rock you would have heard like in the 70s. Um, not a whole lot of change to it, um, and then. Even especially in the 2010s, I mean, it was like almost every rock band went real soft. I mean, it was like to the point where it's ridiculous. It was like, okay, <laughs> I want I want my edge back. Okay, I want I want my edgy music back. I want guitars back. I don't want synthesizers. I don't want this weird chipmunk sound playing in the background. And <laughs> I don't want I don't want to listen to songs that don't have drums in it. This is getting ridiculous. You know, it, it was it was such a and I think what's weird is with the 2010s, even especially now, you know, th- we are in difficult times. I think there's no denying that we're probably in more difficult times than in recent years, since recent decades for sure. But you would think there'd be, you know, a little more of a, you think that you have some music that kind of reflects that, but you don't, you know, everybody's kind of in their, you know, everybody's in their feelings and it's more about, other there's other topics that people are hitting on that aren't necessarily the heart of the issue because they don't want to piss people off or you know they want people to buy records you know that kind of thing and you know i i think you know it's like you said at some point it's got to stop you know we got to get to a point where like we need we need to give the edge back we need to get rid of some of the ideas and thoughts that have kind of defined the past decade and a half. Let's do something different, you know. Um, a little off topic, but kind of something that I kind of noticed as well in regards to creativity or lack thereof. I mean, I watched, I was watching a film and I thought it was in the 90s or something and it turned out it was like in the 2000s or, so, or something it was just because the fashions had were, were almost ex- exactly identical and if you think about it, the past few years they've been almost stagnant you know everybody's kind of still wearing the same thing they wore 10 15 20 years ago you know there's not a new a new style if you will you know there's nothing to kind of revamp your wardrobe if you will you know and this you don't see that um, you don't see anything that's really, I, I guess you're really out there for everyday wear, I guess you, if you could say that. Um, and, and to kind of explain, I guess kind of, kind of explain it, you, you think about how people dress in the 80s and the 90s, and there's kind of a flair to it, you know, and it was something they could wear every day. Um, you know, even back in the early 90s when grunge was a thing, you know, flannel was very popular. And there's different forms of flannel shirts and all that. 
you know, that's kind of slowly coming back. But again, it's just repeating what was already done. You know, and everybody's like, oh, the 80s are back and the 90s are back. Yeah, it's all back in style. And it's like, well, I don't think it ever really left out style, you know? <laughs> Things pretty much stayed stagnant. There isn't a a new let's just let's just, let's just go out there saying there's not a new defining vibe, if you will. You know, there's not anything that you can look at and go, oh yeah, that was the tw- the 2000s. Oh yeah, that was so 2010. Oh yeah, this is going to be the 2020s. You know, everything has just kind of stayed the same. You know, and when people try to be different, try to be creative, it goes a little too far to the point of unbelievability. I think that's another issue as well. I think it kind of you do have something to think outside the box, but there is a limit to thinking outside the box to the point where people are going to look at it and go, I can't go with this, you know, and that could be not just with fashion, but it can go with, you know, music, you know, art, movies, TV shows, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, this is kind of me just being a predicting, if you will, kind of being the futurist. Um, I mentioned in one of the previous recordings that as much as I love the MCU, the, the Marvel movies, they're growing very stale. They're kind of in this formula, and they're going to be repeating this formula for a while. You know, there's this new phase of Marvel movies coming out, but it's going to, and they're trying to be different, but it's still going to be the same Marvel movies and same TV shows. And I don't know if you've followed some of the TV shows lately, but it's all kind of culminating to this kind of multiverse thing. You know, they're going to bring in a lot of, you know, past Marvel works, past Marvel characters. So I think the next Spider Man movie coming out is going to have. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, the, his list of characters and his villains. Well, there's also have Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and his characters and villains. And as exciting as, as that is, and as fun as fun as it might be to watch, at some point it's going to get stale. At some point it's going to be like, okay, we're just kind of doing nostalgia bait. What's the new thing that's going to come out? What's the new style? What's the new thing that we're going to hook you on for Marvel? And I think at some point it's just going to crumble and they're going to find some something else to do um because i think i think we get to multi-first thing people kind of get a little sketchy with this it can be really good be really bad really cheesy and really unimaginative you know just beats pure nostalgia bait if you will but yeah you know, i'm done rambling um <laughs> any thoughts <laughs> any thoughts or on that that wasn't rambling. That was good. You mentioned the uh, Marvel movies. Um, yeah, I didn't really keep track of that until got to college, and then uh, we went and saw Avengers, I think. I think that was my introduction into all that. But if you think back to that time, why that was such a breath of fresh air was you were getting off of what, not quite 10 years worth of dark and gritty? Because as great as the Nolan Batman movies were, like, those are are about the only superhero movies that I actually say, 
Yeah, I really like those. Like, I, I watch the Marvel things, but, you know, I don't buy them or anything like that. I usually just watch them once. I, I've watched those Nolan movies a few times. Uh, but it introduced something that was dark and gritty. So when that came out originally, everybody was like, okay, well, let's reboot or reboot these old properties but instead of the bright flashy colors or the uh, you know the fantastical elements that might have been there originally uh, with like Tim Burton or something, let's let's ground it and then let's put a bunch of muted colors on the screen and have everything dark and then have storytelling that's a little bit more on the mature side. Uh, so for older audiences, okay, well that worked for that. And it worked for a little while with some other interpretations, not as well, but it still worked a little bit. And then it got to the point where everything had to be dark and gritty. So, you know, you have Care Bears out there with AK-47s or something, I don't know. But something stupid like that, (laughs) and then these these, uh, Marvel movies, they come out, and they have colors in them. Like, oh, it's it's got a bright red there for that Iron Man suit or, uh, you know, Captain America. There's some hope and all that going on. What's that? And then, you know, you get to that first Avengers movie. Holy cow, they, they cracked a couple jokes and they're having fun up there on the screen. <laughs> like, oh, hey, what a breath of fresh air. And then, like you said, now we're kind of just still sticking with that formula, and they kind of lean extremes in either direction on that. They're either telling too many jokes or, you know, going too dark with it, but they're still keeping the same stories, basically. And, yeah, it's been, what, 12, 13, 14 years of that? And, yeah growing a little stale, so maybe they'll introduce something new with uh, their new phase, but, you know, like you said, too, you know, that's going to grow old, and they'll have to find a new way if they're going to keep it fresh, but you can't keep telling the same, well, no, you can keep telling the same stories, that's kind of the point of this whole episode, I guess, Um, but you have to change the delivery, you have to change the execution, you have to introduce new elements that are pertinent but you'll find that a lot of those are still old elements just finding new ways to convey the information to other people yeah i i um i agree with that for sure i know with marvel they recently acquired some of their i guess you could say quote unquote old property you know i think one thing that one thing that kind of interests me actually is that they got blade and there's going to be a new Blade movie coming out pretty soon. I like those movies, honestly. I mean, I kind of like the... I mean, I'm not a huge horror fan by any means, but you know, I do kind of like a horror thing that's kind of mixed with a little more action or you know, horror mixed with some comedy. As long as it's fun and entertaining, you know, I mean, I'm going to watch it. And so I am kind of curious to see where they go with Marvel. You know, I think that'd be a good time to you know, kind of dig in some more you know, supernatural properties, if you will, you know, there's Blade, there's a, a Morbius, um, you know, the vampire. Um, they kind of con- 
they cut they kind of had some of that with Venom. Um I mean, you know, even that even with Venom now, you know, this new one that's coming out is obviously a little more on the lighthearted joke side. So again, that even that's starting to become or moving into more of the you know, the quote unquote popular style of the Avengers. You know, everything's everything there's a lot of quips, there's a lot of jokes, you know. They're fighting and they're talking crap against each other and all that good stuff. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I can't make an exact judgment on it like that. But, you know, it. I feel like, you know, kind of going away from, you know, the, the Marvel movies and all that, but kind of something similar to it. I don't know if you actually read or watched anything on comic book industry. Um, have you, Corey? No, I haven't. Okay, well, so. Not too much, anyway. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. You mean like news articles or? Yeah, you know, some news articles. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I just dip my toes in every now and then. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it was. And the only reason I know a lot about this is because I, you know, I go on YouTube, I'm subscribed to some people, and they kind of go, they actually have some thoughts and ideas about the comic book industry. But for those that don't know, um, the comic book industry, in terms of, America side of things has gone downhill real fast. I mean, there's been rumors that, you know, Marvel Comics or even DC Comics may go under and have to fold up shop. You know, I mean, this, we're talking about 100 year old businesses or even close to 100 year old businesses are about ready to go, um, go the way of the dinosaur almost because they're just not selling anything. Um, there's actually a, a list um, not, long, not too long ago of the 10 most popular comic books and one through 10 there was not a single marvel or dc or american pro, uh, american comic book property on that list it was all japanese um comic books or you know ma- uh, manga or manga whatever you want to call it and you know that was that's really interesting because if you, I won't go into too much detail about why that is, but you know, if you look it up and kind of see what's going on in the comic book side of things, you're just going to be looking at it like, what is going on? This has been going on for so long. This is like, there's a real creativity issue on the comic book side of things. I mean, they're they're bringing these different artists, but there are these artists that are trying to essentially get away or almost make fun of the status quo just to put their own interpretation of things and. It's, completely ruined um you know faith in the american comic book industry there's a lot of retcons there's a lot of characters who have sudden discoveries about themselves that didn't make any sense you know it's just kind of out of the blue you know the art style is really hard to look at you know, it's hard to really um read you know it's very cringy um a lot of storylines are going on and you know, it's, I think it's reflective of, you know, where we are right now in just in America and American creativity, I guess you could say, you know, there's just not, like I said, there's just too much playing safe and it's gone on for far too long. And if you keep playing safe far too long, you're going to, you're going to see people that are not going to be supporting a lot of stuff, like right with the comic books. You know, people will go look at the Japanese, I think, because their art style is a little more um, easy to look at. It's more 
uh, eye-catching. You know, their storylines aren't all crazy. You know, they're I mean, some of them are, but you know, they're at least entertaining. <laughs> you know, so they're they're at least entertaining. You know, it doesn't feel like they're being scolded on for or being preached to. You know, it's just they're getting time to actually enjoy these stories and they're telling timeless stories, if you will. And you know, that I think that should be a, a wake up call. There should be a red alert right there, like, hey, maybe we should switch things up, you know, not just kind of keep doing what we're doing right now. Cause they and they haven't. They just they've been keep doing what they're doing and now the sales are reflecting that. And, you know, you can make the argument that, oh, it's all about money. You know, maybe it's just about, you know, just making a point. Well, there's only so much you can make a point on before it, before you can't even make a point anymore because you're out of business <laughs> or you're out of a job. Right. 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 You know, you got to you, you have to have to realize that something is not working. You have to realize the axles coming off the you know the axles coming off the wheel if you will or the wheels coming off the axle whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call it something's falling off and something's you, falling off yeah <laughs> something's falling off and if you don't right the ship if you don't fix what's falling off everything is going to be <laughs> everything's going to fall apart everything's going to be destroyed because you're too hard headed or you're too prideful to say, hey, you know what? Maybe everybody's got a point. Maybe our fan base has a point. Maybe some of these critics or other people have a point. Let's try to fit, let's try to write ship. Let's try to add some elements here. See how it does. You know, it's, we are, uh, I find it very ironic, you know. We're, we're supposed to be, I mean, we've always been told that America's cutting edge, ahead of everybody else, you know. All about, you know, being ahead of everybody there has been a damn thing that america's been ahead of for the past two decades <laughs> you know whoa <laughs> <laughs> you know creativity wise you know <laughs> it, it's like let's be different let's you know let's let's you know as apparently is our dna we're told it's our dna to be you know different from everybody else and it's like it said that we want to be like everybody else and that's not what anybody wants you know, so again, it's not just a comic book thing; it's a just everything in general. You know, we're not we're trying to lose our identity to have identity to be like everybody else, which makes no sense. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> maybe I'm getting a little political, maybe I'm getting a little far out there, but I just feel like yeah, you know, I just feel like something has got to change for the better. You got to have a positive mindset. You got to find something that makes people you know, actually want to go to a movie theater, actually want to buy a comic book, actually want to, you know, do something that is, or, or do something or watch something or play something that's different from anything else. So read something that's different from anything else. But, you know, I'm, I think, I, I think I've done preaching to the choir, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're on a roll. I mean, you can keep going. <laughs> um. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> it's it's funny because I think the one industry I think where you know creativity kind of has some life, you know, it's the video game industry. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is everybody is telling us don't play video games, don't do that. Well, <laughs> about that. <laughs> 
you know, we, we talked about Red Dead Redemption 2 earlier. I mean, I felt like that whole experience was just like something that was better than watching any movie recently. You know, then that was something I could actually have a hand in because you actually make choices in that game. Um, you know, you kind of go back and you further than that, you know, you look at Mass Effect and that was completely original. You know, it had it had elements that it took from, you know, you know, it took like like most things, you know, it took from some popular sci fi, you know, like Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, Blade Runner, you know, it 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 takes some from that, but it was still was like a it felt like a very original story. And, you know, for all the crap it got for its ending in the last 15 minutes of the third one, you know, people have said that like that was the pinnacle of storytelling you know not just video games but in media in general you know and you kind of think about that and you can think about that industry and kind of that there's some actors and actresses that are actually going to video games to actually do their work there are actually some writers who wrote movies back in the 90s and eight you know 90s and even some of the 2000s are actually writing video games you know and it's 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 very interesting that that's kind of the thing that Everybody told us not to do as kids play video games, and now it's like there's your creative source almost. So, not that by any means do I think we should all be sitting down playing video games for 24 hours straight, you know, <laughs> days on end. Please don't do that. Please don't. <laughs> as crappy as the world is, it is still nice to go outside, get a breath of fresh yeah. air, meet people, you know. Yes. There's still good people out there in the world. <laughs> it's okay to have a social life. <laughs> it is <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that, is, that, that is a fascinating observation, though, about uh, video games, because uh, you're sitting there talking about that. And if we go back to our original question, is creativity dead? No. Okay, what's the problem? Execution and exposure. All right, so video games are, uh, I guess that's the new execution, if you will. That's the way that they're telling stories now. Like you said, Mass Effect, that borrowed from a lot of sci-fi elements. Uh, I mean, I got news for you. So did Red Dead Redemption. That that, uh, that borrowed from... I was kind of keeping track in my head there for a while while I was playing it. I could see High Plains Drifter. I could see um, Assassination of Jesse James, Butch and Sundance. Uh, There were so many. It was hard to keep track at a certain point. So they're all telling the same stories, but they're finding new ways to do it. Uh, But what really struck me just then when you were talking about it is the fact that uh, when they're telling these stories, they're making you almost in all of these newer games, they're making you make these decisions. Uh, like the linear storytelling is still mostly there, like it always has been for these video games, but now they're introducing choices in there, and that's something that you're going to have to reckon with, uh, when you're uh playing along with it if you will uh, something that you're gonna have to make a decision on with your conscience like okay am i going to do this action and mess something up down the way or am i gonna do this one and 
potentially ruin something fun that's down the road. And I think that's something that art has always done anyway, except it wasn't presented in that way. So, you know, if you have a movie or well, actually let's go to TV shows because that was supposedly in its golden age here in the last 10, 20 years, uh, they would present uh, various ideas. And, you know, when you were sitting there watching it, uh, you know, maybe you weren't asking yourself outright, but the question was certainly on your mind. Are they right? Are they wrong? Um, I know a lot of people watch Breaking Bad, which is a really great show, uh, but they're sitting there saying that Walter White's wife is a bad character because she's trying to stop him from selling meth and making meth, I mean. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you get something like that. He's obviously the bad guy in his own show, but it's presented in such a way that people are literally asking that question and making those remarks. Well, she's the bad one because she's trying to stop him. I mean, just down on a really basic level of, you know, decent humanity, that's that's a terrible thing to think about. Okay, yeah, making meth, that's, that's a far better goal than, you know, trying to be a good spouse and trying to protect your family. Um, and that's just one example. Or, you know, go back to movies. Movies were presenting uh, these complex situations to people, making them... Uh, feel sympathy and empathy for uh, characters that they may or may not uh, agree with or like. And one of the ones I was thinking of there was, you know, in Saving Private Ryan, I don't know how much of a spoiler this is, but there toward the end, um, the one guy was supposed to do something, and he was scared to death. And he didn't, and several people lost their lives because of it. And again, that's one of those situations where people just watch it, and they're like, oh, what an idiot. You know, he cost a lot of people their lives, but, you know, you think about that trauma and everything that's going on out there, and would you really be any better in that situation? Well, you don't know unless you're there to experience it, and witness it, and be a part of it. So... You know, again, asking that question without really asking the audience the question. Or you have books, and books have always done that, always asked the hard questions. Uh, the old plays by Shakespeare, by the Romans, by the Greeks, uh, they were always presenting these moral dilemmas. Uh, would you do any different? So with these video games, now it's like literally putting it in your hands okay, what are you going to do? Because you're in this situation now. And that, that, that that's fascinating. I'm done. Go ahead. Are you there? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. That's what I make sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I clicked on mute and then nothing happened. Um, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, because I know you still got a long ways to go with the trilogy of Mass Effect, but you know we both finished the first game, and I was kind of thinking about that. You know, the end of the first game. You know, do you save 
you get to a choice where do you save the counselor or do you let them die? You know, and <laughs> they've been, you know, for the most part of that game, they've been really terrible. You know, they've, you know, for they've been very unhelpful. They haven't helped you out at all. Um, one of them has even gotten to the point where he's almost openly racist against you, you know, because, you know, with a game with humans and aliens, there's actually some, you know, racial tension going on because humanity's kind of viewed as the, you know, the upstarts and they're almost painted almost kind of like the villains almost. Um, so you get to a point where it's like, well, do you kind of like take your revenge or, you know, decide, hey, you know, let me get back at these people, let them blow up. But then you also have a hundred thousand other lives on that same ship with them. So you cost them their lives out of pet, you know, basically petty revenge or to be the better person, show humanity's worth and be like, Hey, let's save them. And then let's get the bad guy. So you have, you have some moral dilemmas going on there as well. You know, I was thinking back to TV shows. Uh, one of our favorite TV shows is person of interest and almost every episode, it kind of deals with the morality of, you know, using technology to spy on people to prevent a crime. In a way, you're kind of hoping it stays that way just because, you know, the way the show keeps going and you, know, you kind of meet these interesting characters and you kind of see how these uh, problems are solved. You know, is the person that's being targeted a, you know, the, let, me, let me go back a little bit. You know, there's a machine that, you know, kind of, you know, is spying on people, but it'll notice certain behaviors that predict what a person will do. They're either going to be the victim or the perpetrator. And the whole point is to figure out who they are. And so each episode is totally different. One minute, that person could be the victim. Next, there's a perpetrator. The other person could be the perpetrator. Or maybe one person is a victim, and then midway through the episode, towards the end of the episode, they're actually the perpetrator all along. You know, there's five seasons worth of this. Um, now, this was before... It was revealed in the real world, you know, that the United States was spying on its own people. You know, they actually had a machine. It actually spied and actively spied on people. And, you know, there was wired, you know, they were tapping into phones illegally. It was all illegal. And what was really shocking, was really shocking about it is that in the show, people are outraged when it actually does come out that there what there is a machine that is spying on people. What is so shocking about this is that the most fictional part of the movie is, or the show, I mean, is the outrage. I mean, think about that. The outrage that there's some that the government was spying on us is the most fictional part of the mo of the show. You know, because in real life, nobody there's like hardly any news media. There's there's coverage on it, but it almost died immediately. And I remember I acted. I remember I was on Facebook. I said this is. I actually posted some stuff and said it was wrong and all that. And there's more people that are mad at me for pointing that out than the actual, you know, quote unquote crime. And it's like, do you not get it? <laughs> you know, our government spied on us without permission. It was illegal, and they got away with it until I think it was last year. So that was finally proven that it was illegal. But people were getting mad at me for bringing that, for making that point, and they're calling me ridiculous. I'm like, why? <laughs> the ridiculous thing is that you guys, that your privacy was abused, and you literally do not care about it. Um, again, going off tangent here a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it. Again, I think you know it just kind of, kind of goes to show 
on the overall arching kind of idea of creativity you know with creativity you have to be you know almost aware not just of your talents but aware of what's going on with you around the world you know that's one of the reasons why people you know some of these um art works of art you know romeo and juliet even though it's based off an italian poem an older italian poem you know the ulysses you know it's based off the odyssey um Lion King, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Even the Lion King, you know, which is kind of loosely based off Hamlet. You know, they knew, they know what's going on in the world. They know their audience, and they're able to kind of bring that out. And it makes something that was already timeless beforehand, it made even more timeless by kind of, you know, tweaking things here and there. The presentation is executed differently. The execution itself is totally different. And I think nowadays you're just not getting that. You know, it's more of... Is a is a extreme lack of execution. You know, it's, the execution literally feels like you're being executed. You know, <laughs> they're <laughs> beating you over the head, chopping your head off with the point. And it's like, okay, nobody's going to catch on to that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be preached to. Nobody wants to be told this, this, and this. They want to discover themselves. They want you know to def- to work and develop and have that cre- critical thinking and creative thinking. Uh, moment to themselves they don't want the creators they don't want the writers they don't want the actors or actresses or developers whatever it may be to preach it to them and tell them that's it and if you think otherwise you're an idiot or you're this or you're that or you're that you know nobody wants it and i think there's a lot of that now and it's getting to the point of being ridiculous and i think you know at some point m- maybe five years from now maybe less than that <laughs> It's going to change. <laughs> I mean, I think we're at a boiling point. I think we're, we got to a boiling point in 2020. It's kind of calmed down, but I think it's getting back up again. We're going to see some changes. I think it's going to happen. I don't know when. You know, it's all speculative, so I won't go into that. But at some point, we're going to see maybe a, maybe a renaissance. You know, and if it's not a renaissance, we're going to see a downfall, a major downfall. So. <laughs> Definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled for sure. <laughs> Got very uh, apocryphal there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I did write post-apocalyptic fiction. <laughs> you know, and it's just me, you know. Well, I kind of think we're headed in the right direction, hopefully. Uh I don't know. Things seem to be a little bit more. Uh, people seem to be a little bit more open to uh, more vast ideas now. Yeah. Especially after being locked up for a year, <laughs> and in some pla- and in some places still locked down. But uh, you know, also a quick note on that. Uh, going back like two illustrations ago or something um, with the wiretapping. Yeah. The problem was that it was legal under the Patriot Act. Uh, okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot about that oh. part. <laughs> well, yeah, I think because I think they got rid of the Patriot Act. Well, yeah, because we're Americans and we try to push that out of our mind. Oh, yeah, they were doing that. Yeah. And you probably, you've probably seen that meme, too. Um it's got the old timey picture on top. Oh, I hope the government doesn't uh, do such and such a thing. And then it says modern day. 
hey, wiretap, give me a pancake recipe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. And, you know, the whole terms and conditions. Yeah, sure, we all read those. But, you know, we're willingly signing away all of those rights. So, so read, people. Everybody just yeah. read. <laughs> yeah. Read you can get your hands on. Yeah, what was it? Just because it's legal doesn't make it right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, mean, I probably shouldn't say that, but you know, I'm I'm still kind of thinking because I thought I thought they. Well, no, 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 no. Really no. You, you were you were right with a lot of it. I was it was just uh, yeah for that, uh, just that one part there. I'd I have I, to double check the rest, but the wiretapping was legal under the Patriot Act. They were able to do that. It wasn't constitutional but it was according to the law or whatever or something like that so they're listening to us right now <laughs> well if they can get us more followers okay no no <laughs> <laughs> blank is a slippery slope to at least a blank <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and i think it's a good stopping point you know i think in conclusion we can agree that creativity is not dead but there's a lot of factors that are killing creativity in a way you know it's kind of um, suppressing it hiding it it's a death of a thousand cuts really you know it's what it is you know it's little chips here and there that are breaking away and slowly getting to realization that you know we need to kind of change things up you know we need different ideas different forms maybe different forms of media you know who knows you know i mean we we're maybe at that point where we need to develop new technology or new ways to ingest or digest whatever um, <laughs> you know creative ingest. works yeah, ingest yeah <laughs> digest it and then fart it out <laughs> it's giving me so much gas <laughs> um but yeah, so I think I think it was a pretty good segment. I don't know what do you think? I think it's good. Might uh I just work here. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, yeah, I'm working at home and he's actually in a cubicle in some random warehouse and <laughs> still trying to figure out where the boss is and <laughs> Yeah, he has no face. He's the elusive man. And his name is Clint. I <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Still haven't played it, but <laughs> <laughs> come. You gotta get there, man. The second one's great, and that goes to everybody. Mm-hmm. Second, the whole trilogy's great, but the second one is fantastic. All right, well, uh, that is all the time we have for today. Um, again, if you kind of have your thoughts or ideas about you know, is creativity dead, or you know, if you have anything just you know go ahead and comment on the blog and we'll take your read of that and maybe even you can call in maybe next week and discuss it with us and see what you think so again i'm clint i'm Corey, and y'all have a great day a great weekend and we'll catch you next week <laughs>